what God wants us to endure and what God expects us to tolerate is not always easy. It's not always what we want it to be. Lord have mercy. Welcome to The Healing Touch with Bishop Ronald F. Kimball, presiding bishop of the Life Center Churches. You can find out more about Bishop Kimball and Life Center Church at www.thelifecenter.org. Now, here's Bishop Kimball with today's message. And I want to thank God for this opportunity this morning, and I want to speak to you for just, just a little while. Standing against all forces in spite of trouble. How, how do we stand against them? Standing against every force in spite of the trouble and the difficulties. This world that we live in is an ungodly world. We know that. We know that Satan is a god of this world with all the problems we have and racial problems, political problems, the situation in Afghanistan, the storms, the I was watching the devastation that people are, are going through. Some lost relatives, husbands washed away with the water, and so many things that are going on, not to mention the problems we face in our own individual lives, our own homes, our own little, what I would call, uh, walks of life that we go through. There are problems everywhere. But we have to look at it this way. See, the problems in the wilderness were not like the problems they had in Egypt, so they wanted to go back to Egypt because the problems were not so severe. They wanted to go back. It wasn't as bad as the wilderness would be when we were in Egypt. In other words, what the people were saying was, God, we don't approve of your decision to put us out here. Behind all of that, the decision was made against God. Jonah, when he was Ask of God to go to Nineveh. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because the Ninevites were not godly people. And he didn't like God's decision to ask him to go. I'm not going. We, we know eventually he yielded to the hand of God and he, he went. It's got to be something that we can do so we won't feel so uncomfortable with what God is doing. Today it looks like God's people especially are looking for places and people to be comfortable with, a place that they can approve of, a place where I would feel like this is where you ought to be. Our nation is suffering because each group, political, racial, all these special interest groups, each one of them all share the same mindset, and what is that? No allowance for people who are not like them. You got to be like them to be accepted by them. These people have differences that divide them, and we shouldn't have differences that divide us. Listen to what the scripture says. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. How is that possible? How is that possible? In all of the Bible, this word, empty conceit, translated vainglory, only one time, one time, God uses that word in the Bible. Thinking of others and putting others before you can only come through humility. Amen. 
It can only come through humility. It is a spirit of humility that moves a person to treat other people more important than them. Only the spirit of humility. This isn't something you can conjure up. This isn't being polite. It's being spiritually directed when you do that. Once in the gospel, Jesus gives a lesson about feet washing. What was that about, John? What was that about? What does it mean, feet washing? In John 13, you know, the night that Jesus was betrayed, he girded himself and he began to wash the disciples' feet. And then he said, if I be your Lord and Master, wash your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. Was it about feet washing? We're not all in agreement. When I say we, the people of God, we're not all in agreement as to what that means. Does that mean we all should have basins and everybody should sit down and wash one another's feet? Literally? Well, some practice that. They're not wrong. And I'm not putting it down. If you want to wash each other's feet, then you go ahead on and do that. But if you're going to wash my feet, you have to have some warm water (laughs) and some soap. Don't bring no cold water. I don't mind washing feet. But that's not the lesson. The lesson was on humility. And that's what was missed. Jesus was teaching them how to be humble, even though you can sit on the top of the world, but you have to be able to even come so low as a servant and wash somebody's feet. What a good lesson that is, but it took humility. What happened to humility in our culture and our churches today? Proverbs mentions two times, humility comes before honor. If God's going to honor someone, they first have to go through the humility test. Are, are, you, are you listening to me? The humility test comes first. Humility precedes honor. Proverbs 15, 33 and Proverbs 18 says the very same thing. So before a person is honored, a person must be taught Humility. Now, this is a hard lesson. As we found out earlier, we don't like God's decisions. And we seem to balk at what we want and what he wants. But we can get through this. In 1 Peter 5, he said, all of you should close yourselves with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the arrogant, it's the proud, but to the humble, he does what? He gives grace. He gives grace. God help us to see how humble we are by what we can tolerate. Now I'm going on down the road. God helps us to see how humble we are by what we can tolerate. What does that mean? To endure? To put up with someone not especially liked. Maybe if the world would just practice this one scripture. To put up with somebody you don't like. What God wants us to endure and what God expects us to tolerate is not always easy. It's not always what we want it to be. Lord have mercy. It literally means to suffer without yielding patiently. To go through it and don't yield to it. Patiently. There's that word to go through. To support adverse forces or influences of any kind. Now how in the world does God expect 
for us to stand and let these things happen and still don't budge. To bear without resistance and with patience. To bear up without resistance with patience. To hold out against with love and still come out of the thing or from the thing having lost nothing of your personality to it. Amen. That's God. That's God. A person in Christ is measured by what? By their tolerance. A man is measured by his tolerance. How much can you endure? How much can you put up with? What, what are you able to endure? We find out that we call it patience. It's short. I can't take too much of that. You find yourself, that's enough of that now. I done had enough. <laughs> Children running around and playing and, you know, thank God for remotes because once you get enough of something, you're ready to move on from it. You know what I'm talking about. You, you're watching your team losing. It's time for me to change channels. I can't tolerate watching these guys lose. I, I can't do it. And I can't do it patiently. I have to switch to something else. In the early church, as well as today, the Holy Spirit does not only move in worship, as some think. The Spirit moved because if we don't like things, we rebuke them. We cast them out. We just go ahead on and say, listen, God doesn't have that for me. That's not God. We confess it. It's not God. And what do we do? Cast it out, rebuke, because we think it's the devil. You with me? No one wants to suffer. It makes you look bad. You're a Christian. You're a child of God. And this pandemic have many of us on uneven keel. We don't know which way it's going to go. But being a Christian, we have to hold up. We have to play the role. We have to look the part, you know. We, we rebuke everything. I rebuke you. I'm blessed. I'm highly fed. I'm a child of God. That does not mean God's not going to make you. That's not what that means. The book of Job, his friend Eliphaz said this, innocent people do not suffer. Is that true, Eliphaz? This is what they were trying to convince Job of when he was going through his difficulties. In Job chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, Eliphaz, he says to this, Remember now, whoever perished being innocent. This is the mindset we have. Or where were the upright destroyed? According to what I have seen, those who plow iniquity and those who sow trouble harvest. And Job, you've had to done something wrong because this isn't how God treats his people. In chapter 8, here's Bildad, the other friend, trying to tell Job something. In chapter 8, verse 5 and 6, he tells him this. If you would see God and implore the compassion of the Almighty, if you are pure and upright, surely now he would rouse himself for you. Job, if you were righteous and if you just did what God wanted you to do, he'd move in your behalf. For some reason, this mindset has set in with so many people. We are fighting God trying to look good in a pandemic. We're fighting God and he's trying to make us for what's coming down the road. Train 
training the children of Israel in the most unpleasant place it is, a wilderness, but he was training them for something far greater than they ever known, ever seen. They never knew what liberty was, and God was training them so that they could run things instead of be ran by them. That's God. That's God. And I believe in this day and time what God is doing is preparing the church for something far greater than we could see. You got to look beyond the news. You got to look beyond this people of God. We must look beyond, as Paul said, while we look at the things. I want to I wanna look at that word, that word look. And while we look at the things, you got to see something beyond the natural. You got to see something beyond what man is doing, what man is saying. You got to see something beyond what people are saying impossible. With God, all things are possible. Bill Dad told Job, if you just lived a pure and upright, he would arouse himself for you and restore your righteousness. You know why you're going through that, Job? You're unrighteous. See, we believe that. Do you know the pressure on people trying to live a life that they're uncomfortable with because other people think they ought to live that way if they love God? And if God is on your side, you shouldn't have no trouble. If God is on your side, oh, that shouldn't happen. You did something. And then we get on these silly things called phones and we spread all of this not knowing what we're talking about. Listen at the word of God. Job was looking at how he was looked at, how people were seeing him. In Job chapter 17, this is what he says right here. My spirit is broken. My days are extinguished. The grave is ready for me. What? You don't know God's behind all this? He says, I'm broken. The grave is, I'm ready to go. Not knowing what God was doing. Then he goes on to say in verse 6, listen at these things Job was saying, but he has made me a byword of the people, and I am one at whom men spit. This is how he was seeing. This is, this is what the scripture is letting us know. When you don't see and know what God is doing, you're going to see how people are responding. You're going to see what they're saying and how they think things ought to be. And Job said, I am one at whom men spit. My days are past. My plans are torn apart. Even the wishes of my heart, things I desired and longed for, they all gone. Look at what's going on here. He is about to give up. They make night in the day, saying, the light is near in the presence of darkness. If I look at Sheol as my home, I make my bed in the darkness. He feels so bad. You know why? This is the way he thought. He was being looked at, and God didn't care. Mm. Think about it for just a moment with me. If you lost half of the things you have, I'm not saying all, but half of them are taken away, would you still serve God? Or would you run because of what people may think and say about you? Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. If you'd like this message in its entirety, contact us by phone at 407-628-3229. 
extension 114, or visit our online store at www.thelifecenter.org.